Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Over the course of our career, there's been one dude who's had our back at every turn. Uh, He's family to us, and uh, that's good because he's super rich. He's a true badass. He is the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, the great Mark Cuban, and he joins us now in the studio. How you doing, brother? The Benster, the Skinster. What's better than that? Yes, sir. <laughs> Let's go. And dude, so I was pumped up. I was just hitting on you, and I probably should. Share. Dude, you look better than you've ever looked. What? Well, how? Are you less than your college weight right now? No, 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 not not close to that. But I'm getting there. How you look down. great. What are you yeah, doing? Working out like a yeah, working out hard. Yeah, <laughs> like more than the more than the stairmaster because we yeah. haven't seen you on the stairmaster in a couple of years because they moved that thing. Yeah, out back. Of yeah, so we don't. The media doesn't get to see me or talk to me while I'm on it. But yeah, I've just been. Playing a lot of ball, working out, um, bought a um, Peloton, so I've been getting on that. Okay. And I went vegetarian. And oh. so that that kind of changed my eating habits and set me off to the right direction. Wait, can we get into this right yeah. quick? Because I want to know, you know, my wife's gone down that path. Uh-huh. And there was a slate of documentaries that got kind of the general public sure. thinking and talking about this. How prevalent is that with players? Because I know DeAndre had DeAndre that did last year. Yeah, some are. I mean, you know... Everybody, you got to pick what works for you. I'm not doing it because of some big overriding theme or whatever. I just wanted to see how I felt. Mm-hmm. And I did it. It was a little bit of energy shortage right at the beginning, but it's been seven months now and I feel great. And, you know, I crave sweets less. And, and you know, I used to be like, I'll get me that juicy steak. And, you know, it hasn't just hasn't been that way. And so it's easier to eat less. And I can pig out on things that I like still. And, and, manage my calories and I just work out more and, and I have to admit though part of it is competing with my wife on um, the I watch I learned that you can like compare the activity um, calories ah, and everything yes. so my wife and I have this thing going where she gets to see what I've been doing I get to see what she's been doing right so it's one of those stupid things where like I'll get home late and she's got me beat by 200 calories and so I've got to get on the <laughs> elliptical we have at home and all that stuff okay so dude are you rocking a medium what size shirt is this a large Good God, when's yeah. the last time you were just rocking a large? And it's baggy. Yeah, uh, you got yeah. Room in no, there. it's been a while. It's been a while, yeah. It, God, it feels awesome. good, though. You know, my pants are loose. I've been working out. I'll tell you, the, the best thing about it, though, is that Peloton can kick your ass, right? And so my cardio is so much better. So, like, when I go play pickup, used to be two games, and I'm bent over holding my shorts and everything. Now I can just go run and run and run, and wow. I feel better. Yeah, stuff doesn't hurt as much, so it's really good. Let's talk about pickup basketball. Uh-huh. Uh, we know you're a big pickup player. Um, so when guys are covering you, do you feel like they go hard to block your shots? They go, I block Cuban no, shot. No, not so much. It's like? the other way. It's the other way. When I'm guarding them, uh-huh. it's like they're trying to earn a 10-day. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> or or you, get, you get guys just jacking up shots when I'm on the court right. thinking, okay, he's going to recognize my talent. Right, like, right. Hell no, bro. <laughs> uh, talking to Mark Cuban in the studio here, uh, 105.3 The Fan. So talking about weight and stuff, I think one of the big stories in the offseason was what is Luca going to look like? I like that like? segue. That was good? really good. Pros. That's professional. Pros. Right there. You should hire him on the Mavs broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk about Luca. Let's talk yeah. about what he's done and what he looks like and what you've seen so yeah, far. Yeah, you know, the, the sign of, of someone really geared towards superstardom is how, wor- how hard they work in the offseason, particularly after winning Rookie of the Year. Do, you know, do they just you know, enjoy the moment and just go show up the next year, or do they really go to work? And Luca really went to work 
worked on his body because I would give him a hard time because I was losing weight and I'd pick up my shirt and he'd like throw up. And, um, <laughs> and so it was like, no, you got, you got to be skinnier than the owner. And so he really, he, he got into it and he, it's, it definitely shows his cardio is better. His conditioning is better. His body's better. And he's still thick. I mean, he's so strong, mm-hmm. but he hasn't lost the strength. Do you have him wired into your iWatch also? No, no, no. I try to get Dwight Powell because Dwight Powell is the, uh, the ultimate workout freak. Oh, my yes. God, yes. I mean, he doesn't, you know, it, it, there's nothing that you, like I do a lot of Rise Nation, the Versa Climber thing, mm-hmm. and he's the one who brought me there. He'll go through 30 minutes of Rise Nation. I'll be soaked and just dying, and he'll like have a thousand points more than I do, and it's like, okay, let's go work out. Yeah. He, he's just a beast. So yeah, Dwight hasn't hit me back. I think he's afraid of me now. <laughs> <laughs> he he's a and he's a really weird athlete in that he's kind of like the like what you'd see of a six three guy, but he's just seven feet tall. Yeah, I mean, what, Ben and I were you know at the Dirk tennis stuff the last couple of years, and he had never played tennis. But he was rushing the net, and it was just God. oh no, he's a freak athlete. It's like he, he never really played baseball growing up in Canada, and he played in Dirk's game, right? And like he's just blasting it, right? Like nothing, hand eye coordination, all the above. You know, he's he's just a genetic freak. Um, and, you know, this year was his first. He tweaked his hammy, and so won't be there tonight, but hopefully he'll be back for Portland. Um, but, yeah, he's just out of, out of his mind athletic. It's Mavs Christmas morning. Mark Cuban's in yeah. studio. I can't believe what's happened to this team. I can't believe that we have Luca and Porzingis, and, yes, I'm saying we. We got Luca and Porzingis. <laughs> yes. How the hell did we do that? You know what? Let's not get too excited. You know, we got to get it working <laughs> together. But, every, but uh, yeah, I'm so jazzed. I can't even – I can't – it's like it was Christmas Day this morning, right? I, I woke up and, you know, what day is it? You know, it's home opener day. Dirk was in your kitchen going, yeah, guess what day it is? <laughs> you know, so it was, yeah, it's, 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 it's really exciting. This day could not come fast enough. You know, watching the preseason games, seeing just a glimmer of what KP is going to be able to do, um, seeing them together, seeing them start to build that chemistry. It's just, you know, and then look, I mean, J.J. is back. We can't underplay that. Jalen Brunson's gotten better. Timmy Hardaway now, you know, it's amazing his look on the court if you watch preseason versus the end of last year because, you know, when he, up to when he stopped playing, just he's physically better. Seth is back. He's physically better. You know, we've got shooters. We brought back our, our core rotation. Uh, it's You know, once we get once everybody gets their roles down and everybody, you know, gets a better feel for playing together, it's just going to be uh, – I'm excited. Yeah, I – there's Dirk saying, "Guess what day it is?" I mean, I, I've I usually get excited for this anyways, right. but this feels this feels like early 2000s to me. Yeah, you know, the early 2000s, we really didn't know what we had with Dirk, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't really know what we had with Nashy and Finn. I mean, we knew some with Finn, but you know, with KP and it, you know, he's a unicorn, yeah. right? You know, and so we're still waiting to see exactly. Um, and look, and I'm not trying to tell everybody starting tonight he's going to be the all star he was with the Knicks. Because he's got to get his feet wet. It's been 18 months, right? No one just comes back and immediately just readjusts to the NBA. So, you know, he'll go through uh, an evolving process. But, you know, he's never played with a point guard like Luka. And you can just see the glimmers when, you know, Luka would he would just be wide open. And Luka found him, right? And the thing about KP is he's always open. Yeah. You know, and you'll you'll places last year where Luka had to launch some tough, tough shots. KP is going to be right there, and if KP is taken away, then you've got Luca, and if Luca's and KP are taken away, we've got a ton of other options. And you know, when we get Dwight back, Dwight back, he rolls hard, and he, you know, he's one of the best finishers in the NBA. Uh, it, there's going to be some good things. I'm really excited. It's a, it's going to be an exciting brand of basketball, and I yeah. think that's like what I always ask for is competitive uh, competitiveness. What am I? Is the product entertaining? You know, I don't expect the Mavericks to contend for a title. I'm not an unrealistic person, but you guys are going to be in the playoff chase, and that means a lot. Yeah, I think, you know, 
you, it all comes down to injuries, right? Yeah. Ours and other teams. And so should we be a playoff team? Yes. Should we make some noise in the playoffs? Yes. Oh, will we surprise people? Yes. Because I think what a lot of people miss is when you're not a good team, like we haven't been the last few years, your role players get downplayed, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, they're just hangers on. Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi, how good can they possibly be? Because the Mavs aren't that good. But when you're when as the team improves, their profile increases and the perspective people have of them improves as well. And so all of a sudden, guys, you know, that maybe people didn't really that they slept on them. It's like, oh wow, I didn't realize how good Maxi is. You're on television more, right. all that stuff. And so, and, you know, Seth coming back, we're gonna be out there shooting 53s a night. Yes. You know, we're gonna instead of making 34%, we're gonna hopefully make 36 or 37%. If we do that, you know, that's that's you know, another six points, seven points a game. And that's the difference between being a top five team and being, you know, a bottom five team. And in the GM survey, two GMs not named Donnie Nelson in the league said they'd take Luca number one overall if they were starting a franchise today. Uh, not only is he transcendent, but he's a showman. And so going to Mavs games is going to be one of the hottest tickets it's been in a long, long time. Yeah. It's going to be one of the hottest tickets in town. And I like what you guys have done, too. You guys have dimmed the lights in the crowd. And it, I don't know. I was, you know, you see pictures from the court, even in the preseason. It looks like it's a concert. It looks yeah, awesome. It, yeah, it's a whole different look. I mean, we changed, we've upgraded the entertainment. We just did a deal with World Dance. Oh, nice. You know? Oh, yeah. So if you ever, like, since my dance with the stars days, I'm a dance yeah. guy. Like, World of Dance on NBC. I mean, we're bringing that's the in the J-Lo them. thing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. exactly right. So we're bringing them in for 30 games. They'll be there tonight. And so our in-game entertainment is just at a whole nother level. The energy, the um, we kept all the stuff from Dirk's night um, with the on-the-court projection stuff. So it's going to, I mean, it's going to be like going to a concert and a huge event. We're, we're really trying to take it to the next level. And we were told that you were the one who came up with the idea of the Dirk logo on the floor. Yeah. That's yes. incredible. Yeah. That, so that, that, how did that come to you? That's... I was just sitting on the jaw and I was like, what can I do? No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you were peeing with the Larry O and then yeah, you were sitting right, on the right. jaw and thinking yeah, about the That's what I do my best thinking. No. Wipers, wipers, come in here. I've got an idea. Wipers. Dude, yeah, right? Dude wipe. You missed a dribble there. Um, but no, we were, we were talking about the court and what we wanted to do. And I was just like, wait a second, you know, the layout and everything was just, we don't, this, all that other stuff, let's recognize Dirk, you know, and what better way to do it than with the one leg. And, and so we just put it out there and we wanted to open it up as a surprise tonight. But then when we had it out there for the Mavs 2K stuff, it got leaked. And so, um, but it was supposed to be a surprise for Dirk too, but fortunately he liked it. Man, I, I just, I have so much respect for the way you guys have handled all this. The Dirk retirement ceremony just he's so special yeah. and it's it's very sad to not have him around it's it's different it's, it's different it's and different, it, it's yeah. sad but there's this new era of Mavs basketball but by putting his you know image on the court it, it allows him to come along for the ride yeah, which i think is really classy yeah, of you guys yeah that's the whole idea right so that guys are there and it's funny because like when i first laid it out it was like well we had it opposite of where it is now. And I'm like, no, we can't do that because the visiting team's going to stomp on them, right? Hmm. And if you don't, you don't want hmm. the visiting team right in front of their bench, you know, stepping on Dirk's head or something and disrespecting him or running off the court and doing something silly. So it's where the Mavs come in, um, where when we where we leave the court and right in front of our bench is where we put it because we want it to to be balanced and protect Dirk. And he also hit a lot of big shots in that. I mean, he hit a lot yeah, of big yeah, shots the, everywhere. The one that it wasn't by accident that his 30,000th point. Uh, I was Larry Nance Jr. Yeah, Larry Nance Jr., yeah. right, same spot. Hey, uh, and, and 
Are you guys, I mean, look, we've talked about other things, too. I, I want to see a Dirk statue. Yeah. I'd like to see Reunion Tower turned into a basketball. Let's turn that <laughs> oh, Dirk? It's his city. That'd yeah. be great. Uh, and I, I know you're the, the president of that fan club, and so do you guys have other things in mind for Dirk? Yeah, Dirk and I got together a couple weeks ago and talked about the statue, so we've got to pick a sculptor and what it wants to look like and everything. So that, that's going to take time. So. Yeah. Especially Dirk, because he's so finicky and hates right. everything initially until he loves it. Yes. Oh, uh, that's Dirk. So and, German. So yeah. German. So German. And so, and then dealing with his jersey retirement, what day are we going to pick? We don't want to do it at the beginning of the season. We want to let the art, this team kind of, you know, gel and, and um, bring itself together. You know, and I don't want to put the pressure on Dirk, you know, to think he's intruding or stepping in the way. So we, we've talked about that stuff, and we'll do it in a way that, that works and that Dirk feels comfortable with. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this um, because there was comments on Media Day that really took me aback in a positive way where Luca was talking about, Dirk, if they'll have me, I want to be here. And, yeah. and, and KP was talking about Dirk. And then the other night, Dwight Powell's at a charity event talking about the legacy that Dirk set off the court. Absolutely. This is a team that has a guy that's not on the team in very high regard. You usually don't see that with young teams. Yeah, I mean, Dirk set a foundation for our future. And he knew that, you know, as his career was winding down and we would talk about it, you know, there are things that he wanted to do, the legacy he wanted to leave. And and a lot of that had to do with what happened in the locker room, right? Mm -hmm. What happens in the locker room and how we treat each other, you know, and Dirk's the type of guy, like when you walk up to him, he's going to say, ah, and then, you know, <laughs> my guy, slap, yeah, slap your hand or whatever. Right. And now you hear KP and you hear Luca doing the same thing. Ah, <laughs> the Dirk handshake. And so, yeah, it's really nice. So we, uh, we have a, a friend that we, we, he, it's, it's a young kid in prosper on the basketball team. He, he's fighting cancer and he, yeah. he's, uh, he's doing, he's the, he's the, uh, he's the manager of the basketball team and he's doing a great job and he's about to be through the woods and, um, Dirk had shot a video for him and Luca and they did some nice things for him, which That's was nice. awesome. And I was talking to the dad and he goes, Hey, uh, I saw Dirk at the hospital. I was like, what? He goes, yeah, I was, I saw Dirk. I was like, Hey, thanks for the video. And I was talking to the nurses and they're like, Oh, he's here all the time. Yeah. He, and, and we learned that during, you know, the end of his you know career and, and the great piece you guys ran at the AC, but they say still, like he if still he's goes. in town, he's just constantly at the hospital helping kids with no publicity. Yeah, and that's who Dirk is, right? Dirk, Dirk's about doing the right thing and just, you know, being the guy he wants to be, being the dad he wants, and 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 setting the example for his kids. And and that that's who he is. And you know, that's what allowed everything to work. You know, and that's that's why we we were together for so long. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't do that if somebody is not selfless at a certain level. He's got to probably figure out how much he wants to be there, and I'm sure he wants others to shine. But when he comes, is he going to be sitting down there with you and Finn, or is he going to be in a suite, or what's he going to be know. doing? I don't know. up to him, right? But he wants to pick a spot. You know, that's the key. All right, coming up next, we have some questions about things that people might be skeptical about with the Mavericks. Sure. So let's do that with Mark Cuban next on the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. It is the uh, season opener, home opener of the Dallas Mavericks today. Their owner, Mark Cuban, joins us in studio. Don't forget hour-long pregame tonight, starting at 6.30 from out there on the plaza. And the buzz is different. And, you know, Mark, it really, I was so blown away, and I know everybody was, by an NFL Sunday having 8,500 people there to yeah. see a glorified exhibition scrimmage. Yeah. That was incredible. Amazing. I would imagine the plaza tonight, and there's some cool restaurants and stuff that's yeah. opened out there. It's going to be a madhouse it's, tonight. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, having, you know, 88.50 was the drop for that thing, and 
we we expected 4,000 people. Right. You know, so we we didn't expect it, and it was awesome to see. And tonight is going to be even crazier. And we got like two – we always free up about 200 tickets, 250 tickets at the end, right? Visiting team doesn't use all the tickets, et cetera. So you can just walk up, and at the box office about an hour before the game, we t- typically have some tickets left. So Sweet. Yeah, so go and grab them. I had a really – I want to ask you about Porzingis' help, sure. but I had a really funny flashback uh, when we were – when at that exhibition when it was – 2010 uh-huh. and Ben and I were sitting there down there with you right there on the floor and Ben was going come on man Tyson Chandler's a backup you know <laughs> we, what did we really do <laughs> do you remember that we had the Dampier chip right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah. like oh that's all you used it for you got a backup to yeah. Yeah. Guys, so, let's not harp on that <laughs> well no but no but I was interested the one and done too. boys yeah I'll never bring that up again I can't believe Skin said that <laughs> no but I, I was I was interested in hearing the answer you know and and that was the beginning of something magical. But that was really the last time I remember that much buzz in that building. Yeah. And it exceeded all that. And part of it is obviously Luca. The other part is Porzingis. And so the Mav fans that I've talked to that are skeptical or media mm-hmm. people are like, man, that's a 7-3 guy with a knee injury. He's missed a year and a half. Everyone's overrating this. What would you say to somebody that's like, hey, how do we know Porzingis is even going to be Let's just healthy? watch the games. Okay. Right? I mean, you saw in the preseason, he didn't shoot great, but... Look, you don't have an 18-month layoff and then immediately come back and just light everything up. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's going to have to go through an adjustment, but he worked hard. And look, people, guys recover from ACLs. Yeah. You know, and so it's not like it's one of those injuries that's really impossible to come back from, and he's trying to be the exception. Um, you know, Achilles are harder and JJ's back. Right. You know, and so just the science of rehab has just gotten so much further than five, ten years ago that, you know, we have no reason not to be optimistic. You know, knock on wood, you, you never know. Every team is dependent on not having key injuries, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about KP in a big way. But where does, where does Casey Smith rank in that regard? Because to us, it seems like he's like best in class. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, Casey's out there getting his PhD, just always getting smarter. We've got a great group of doctors. I mean, I always invest in companies that try to give us an edge, um, you know, new technologies that we can use and, I'm always out there looking for things. Casey's always looking for things. Our doctors are looking for things. So anything that can give us an edge, I'm, I'm spending the money on. And like I've said it many times, you know, if Luca works out like he has and improves, continues to improve his diet, which has gotten a ton better, there's no reason why he can't play for 25 years because the science is going to be there that'll allow that to happen. Let's get a 25-year deal done. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, it's the old Lakers. Magic Johnson yeah, deal. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Lakers did. Okay, so uh, how important is sleep in that regard? Because we hear a lot of sleep studies, yeah. things about that. How important is that? Very important, right? I mean, that's why, you know, dealing with circadian rhythms when we go, you know, across more than one time zone will change the times for our um, wake-ups and meals and everything so the guys are on, on target. Um, now, you know, I saw the article about sleep and guys being sleep deprived. They're really guys have to learn how to, to nap. You know, it's not necessarily the night sleep, even though that's important. It's learning how to take a, a sufficient nap so that you refresh. And most guys figure that out. Maybe not their freshman or, or their first or second years, but at some point you have to learn how to nap. Any advice for someone who gets off the air at two and is not going to drive all the way back to Allen? Should I can go by his dad's house? What le, how long of a nap should I grab? Um, as long as you can. Okay. Right? Right. Hey, just for me, just a thirty-minute power nap, and yep. I'm, I'm a new man. Right. Give me an hour. 
and I'm jumping off of buildings in a, over buildings in a single bound. All right, uh, Ben brought him up, so I do want to ask about this. You guys have kind of changed the structure on the uh, training side, so Casey has a new position, and there's yeah. more people on staff. What What's going on I don't there? even remember all the details. <laughs> Casey's like, I want to do this. I'm like, okay. He's like, can we promote this guy? Okay. You know, is this guy smart? Okay. Bring this guy in. Okay. He's you earned know. that, right? Yeah, he's earned that. So I trust Casey on all that. But, you know, what I really respect about Casey is not just his relationship with the players, not just the fact that he, the history he's had, but he's always learning. And to me, that is the ultimate skill set for that position. You know, the technology, the science always changes, and you've got to be one step ahead because that's how teams excel. And that's also how teams make mistakes, and we don't we want to be the team that excels. So it seems like uh, these guys, all pro athletes, all celebrities, are, are can be public targets a little bit. Of course. And, and obviously what happened to Porzingis in the offseason sucked. It looked like somebody threw a chair at him. Yeah. You know, it's just ridiculous. Um, what can you – and those guys stand out. He's seven foot three. Yeah. He can't hide in a crowd. How do you protect a guy in that regard? You just ask him to use common sense, right? I mean, look, guys at 22 and 23 are different than guys at 28, different than guys at 35, different mm-hmm. than guys at 40. And, and so, you know, you get more experience and you learn what situations are good and what situations are bad. And – you know, it's not to say that that anybody can't make a mistake. You know, we all do. So you just you just ask them to use his best judgment. Are you worried about the those guys at this point? Does that keep you up at night? No, ever? you know what is it's funny. I mean, in the early days, I was always worried. Right. You know, now everybody's got a phone camera. You know, and everybody's on social media, and they all grew up with social media. They mm-hmm. they understood they understood it before they got to the NBA. You know, whether they whatever you know, Luca or KP were in their country or. Um, whoever coming up and being on Instagram and having a following on Instagram or Snapchat or wherever they learn now. And they know now that there there's always going to be a camera wherever they are. And they have to be a lot more careful. So we're bullish on the Mavs. We're drinking the Kool-Aid. We're so freaking excited. We can't stand it. Delicious. I kind of expected there to be more excitement from free agents in the off season. It's all good, but it seems like their approach was, Hey, you guys are going to be awesome, but you know what? These teams are just a little closer right now. And, I'm kind of looking forward to them, uh, those guys, and more potential free agents watching what happens here in Dallas and going, damn, I need to go play with those guys. Right. How do you think that narrative will evolve? Well, I think, you know, Luka as a rookie is one thing, right? If we had won 50 games with Luka as a rookie, then it would have been different. You know, but now Luka's got to prove himself. Come in and do it again the second year. You know, don't be that rookie of the year that, you know, has this rookie of the year moment and then doesn't produce anything afterwards. You earn that respect. And so if, you know... We get the doves, and Luca, you know, makes everybody on the on the court better. KP makes everybody's job easier. Then we'll be a destination because guys will want to be with us and and grow with us. Um, you know, we we were in different circumstances over the. I mean, realistically, I mean, we didn't have cap room for the first fifteen years, so it mm-hmm. wasn't even a, an option. But you know, now I think as Luca's game grows, and the fact that he makes everybody on the court around him better then we'll be a bigger destination. But, you know, the flip side of it is we may not have that cap room. You know, it may have to come in trades just like, like I said, the first 15 years because, you know, Luca's obviously going to be a max-out guy. KP's a max-out guy. And so, you know, it may not be that same type of opportunity because we have no intent of going backwards in order to create cap room. Right. Um, Mark Cuban obviously joining us on the Ben and Skin Show. You know, everyone always wants a big-name player, but I do know that you guys went into free agency with your eyes on DeLon Wright and your yeah. eyes on Seth yeah. Curry because they fit specific roles. So explain to the Maverick fan why you guys thought those were players that you needed to add and what do they do. Okay, so let's start with DeLon. Um, first of all, he plays downhill when he has the ball, and he's good at pushing the ball. Luca can push the ball, but he's not a, a 
fast. He's not a breakneck speed type push the ball guy. Mm-hmm. DeLon can. DeLon, Luka doesn't necessarily play downhill. DeLon does. And so DeLon is a great passer. He plays downhill. So that's on the offensive side. On the defensive side, he's long. Mm-hmm. He likes to play defense. He's good at it. He gets into guys' bodies. And so now we wanted him because if you look at Luka at 6'7", DeLon at 6'5", you know, whether it's Dodo or Justin um, at the three or even sometimes Maxi at the three, plus KP and um, Dwight and Maxi at the 4-5, whatever combination, we can have a good defensive team out there when we need stops. And that team can also score. And we've got guys who can roll to the rim. And all those guys can shoot the three. You know, DeLon, the only thing he's really got to improve in his game is going from a 34% three-point shooter to a 36 or 37% three-point shooter. If he does that, I mean, he's going to have a huge impact. Before we move on to Seth, though, I want to ask a question. Like, when you guys are doing your evaluations, mm-hmm. so there was a time period, and it was brief, uh-huh. where DeLon hit 37%. Right. And he's playing for a great second unit in Toronto. Right. Yeah. When you guys are dealing with a guy who's got a lower percentage, you know what his shot mechanics are, how much discussion is the type of shots you oh, a guys... Lot. Yeah, a lot, right? And we know that Luca. You know, when he's on the court with Luca, he's going to get good looks. Yeah. And we know when if, if he's on the court and Luca's not there and KP's there, KP's going to get the attention. And if they're both there, then it's going to be even easier. And, you know, to segue into Seth, same thing, right? So you've got Timmy, who can be a, a 38 to 39, 40% three point shooter. You got Maxi, who at the end of last year shot 41% from three. Dwight also improved his three significantly at the end of the year. So now if you can put Luca, DeLon at 37% or more, you know, um, Timmy, um, even Justin Jackson mm-hmm. and Dodo aren't bad three-point shooters. Maxi and Dwight and KP, just any combination there thereof, right? We're going to be able to jack up a lot of threes right. and create a lot of space. You add to that Seth, right? Seth can create off the ball. Seth can play some points. Seth can get guys the ball, but he's always going to knock down his open looks. Right. And so, and then bring in JJ into the mix. You already saw, you know, J.J. and Timmy Hardaway with some of the old Devin Harris backdoor cuts. Yeah. You know, and so J.J. is going to get guys the ball on time and on target as well. And so we've got guys who can move the ball, who can shoot the ball. And when we need stops, we can put out a defensive unit as well. So uh, a size unit, too. Yeah, I'm really I I was worried about rebounding until I saw the size of what's out there and being able to rebound from the guard position is massive. So, you know, people are asking me, well, what's the starting lineup? Do, do you guys have like an okay? This is what we want our starting lineup to be, or how fluid is that? I'd say right now it'll be Luca, obviously Delon. The three could be open depending on matchups, and then KP, and then probably Dwight. But since Dwight's hurt right now, Maxi, mm-hmm. um, and that's our most like likely lineup. So that gives us the flexibility to defend, to shoot, to r- have a rim runner, um, to have versatility, to be able to guard bigs. And to be very hard to guard because that's also a big lineup. So obviously I was wrong about the one and done boys. I've been wrong about a lot. <laughs> so have I. Um, but I was. I thought, uh, and I'm embarrassed about this. I thought Justin Jackson was kind of just throw in. I didn't have high expectations for him. I'm an idiot. Uh, he's going to have a significant role on this yeah, team. You will. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, explain what his role will be and how Homeschool, he's the yeah. exact, exactly not a throw in. Yeah, homeschool can play. And so, um, <laughs> homeschooled, what's that? Because uh, he got homeschooled. Um, um, he's a great guy, works his butt off. I mean, he, he's like Dwight Powell, just always in the gym, put on about 15 pounds of muscle. But, you know, he's, beca- he's 
He's improving as a defender. He's not where he needs to be yet, but he's getting closer every day because he works so hard and he got stronger. His three-point shooting improved. You know, he's now learned what a good shot is versus a bad shot. And he's got one of the top 10 floaters in the NBA. You know, he's that got, blew me away. Yeah, because guys six eight don't have floaters. No, I mean they don't, right? And yeah. So he he can put the ball. You know, he can pump fake in the corner. If if you leave him open for a corner three, he can he can take it and hit it. Or if you close out, he's going to pump fake. And he doesn't just do a mid range floater. I mean, he'll get you know three four feet, and it's a money shot. Mm-hmm. And so he's got these weapons that give him a lot of versatility. And whether he's starting or playing against second unit teams, he can contribute. All right, coming up next, we have one more segment with the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, Mark Cuban. And we're going to ask him the question everyone wants to know about Rick Carlisle. Grab your butts. It's go time. It's Mavs Christmas morning, baby. Dallas Mavericks basketball is back, and they got a good, promising squad that's going to be good for a long time. Get tickets now. A very hot commodity, 214-747-MAVS. You better get those tickets quickly. Boy, though, it's going to be the event to go to each and every time they are playing here at the AAC. Joining us in studio, it is Mavs owner Mark Cuban. Did I get this right? Did you give your cell phone out? Uh, yeah. Um, Whoa, it, I don't know this story. Yeah, so I, I got this new software that allows me to tag all the different texts I get and everything. And so the the number is 214. I got a new number just for this. 214 and so, yeah, you can you can text me, and I can't respond to all of them because I get too many, but I go through there and just respond to as many as I can. Wow, yeah, that is yeah. so impressive. Yeah, uh, cool. How many businesses do you have right now if, if, with the Mark Cuban companies through Shark oh, Tank and golly, all the things? 150-plus. Wow. Yeah, now, I don't run them, obviously, yeah. um, but I try to help wherever I can being a, a smart investor. How do you how do you do all that? How do you, are you, I've are got you, good people that work for me. Okay. Yeah, so they, they help me with a lot of the day-to-day bookkeeping and tracking stuff and I get reports from the different companies and they know when they have a problem, they can come and contact me. What are, I, I don't want to put anybody on blast, but what are a few of your favorite? I know you mentioned those cookies. Those cookies are incredible. What yeah. are a few of your favorite companies? So Alyssa, there's a new one I just did on Shark Tank this week called um, Snacklins, S-N-A-C-K-L-I-N-S. I'm always looking for food advantages, right? <laughs> and so these things, they're um, these crispy dippers that are they're kind of like pork rinds but they don't taste like pork rinds they just have that kind of um, crispy feel to them and a bag is only 80 calories and it's all natural ingredients no added ingredients so i just i just pick out on the on those all day long right they're they're a little salt salty in terms of that the salt falling off so you got to be careful where you're at Mm -hmm. but um i mean for 80 calories i can get a good munch in and so because i'm vegetarian now we eat a lot of hummus so i use them to scoop everything yeah. yeah so so that's another one um I did, just did another Shark Tank deal called Eternova, where you can take a hair or the ashes of someone who's been cremated and turn it into a diamond, which is crazy. What? Yeah, it's really crazy when you think about it. But, you know, people want these eternal diamonds, you know, where someone that you really care about has, has, has died and, you know, cremation, more than half of death, people end up being cremated now. And so you can take the ashes and it takes eight to 10 months. They put it in this special process where our bodies are like 16 percent carbon. And then they, they smush it down and turn it into diamonds and it works. And so you can end, you know, eight months later, you have a one carat diamond that looks really cool. And it's, it's your dad, you know? Wow. Shine you know? That's weird. I wanted my wife to grind up my ashes and snort me. Is that yeah. a little extreme? Is that too much? <laughs> that, no. I could go with that too. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, you know, it's just what you cut it with that <laughs> yeah. matters. Let's snort your ex. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, this may, pardon my ignorance. I don't know a whole lot of billionaires. You're one of the few that I know. What is, 
Like your average billionaire, how many company or business interests? Everybody's different. I mean, for me, I like helping young entrepreneurs. I like helping people grow companies. That's kind of my way of giving back, just um, helping support these companies, investing in them, giving them advice, and hopefully turning them into help, helping them reach their dreams and their goals. And so, I mean, I don't know what most other rich women or guys do. I mean, I don't. There's not like a little club and yeah. we all get together. Um, Wearing those masks, right? Or the Facebook group. <laughs> no, they didn't let me in, anyways. Um, but they, but wait, wait, we're on that topic, right? Yeah. So there's all there's supposed to be all these things, the trilateral commission, yes. right? All these other secret billionaires, the Illuminati, groups, the Illuminati, right? Why don't I ever get invited? <laughs> you I would tweet always, their secrets, man. No, I wouldn't tweet it. I mean, it's like. You know, like I want to be in the Illuminati. I oh, earned yeah. the right to be in the oh, Illuminati. Yeah. Are you talking about like an eyes wide shut thing? Well, no, yeah, it's, just like, <laughs> it's just like all, you know, like all these, all these, these rich, like these, I don't know, skull and crop, whatever. It yeah, is, yeah, right? yeah. Right? Like, like W is in, right? At least that's what all the. All, the you can't get in. No one invites me. What? Dude, I, I don't want to. I'm not sorry to make you feel bad. I think Jay Z is in because he's always holding up the Illuminati sign. <laughs> they let him in before you, man. It's really wrong. Dude. This is it's wrong because you were a billionaire first. I was a billionaire first. I qualified. I paid my dues, <laughs> right? And I mean, at least let me in the trilateral commission so yes. I can make some decent decisions the on the Bilderberg things. group we, or whatever. Whatever that is. it is, yeah. right? See, we thought there was a billionaire club. And we thought at one point, many years ago, you asked me to make a song. Or I like Big Macs instead of yeah, I like I Big Bucks. One of the greatest yeah, songs ever. And we thought it. We thought nothing ever happened. And we thought was that a billionaire scavenger hunt? Or did you? No, can no, you no, get a guy? Can you get a guy? Like what was that? Well, poor? you could do another one. I want to join the Illuminatis. <laughs> <laughs> I want to join the Illuminatis. Okay, uh, is part of uh, is part of being that club that now you're doing great social media posts with your kids. Yeah, well, I mean, you're you're all over TikTok, aren't you? Yeah, I got yeah. I, I like TikTok. My my daughter, my oldest daughter, loves TikTok, and there's kind of like a battle between my middle and oldest daughter to see who gets more views and stuff. So we got to do like stupid videos, and so I'm I'm always game. I respect the hell out of that. You're a good dad, and so what does that dad life for you at school function stuff? Do other dads cozy up to you and? Pitch you a business idea or talk Mavs or give you some yeah. strategy ideas? I don't mind talking Mavs, but the business <laughs> pitches are too much. How yeah. often is that? Well, you know, when someone new comes to school, they, they learn very quickly. You know, just don't. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, there's always that that person that just cannot stop pitching me. And, you know, they might play, uh, you know, the dad of someone who plays on my daughter's basketball team or whatever. Um, but I try not to go, like, to the the socials. You know, my wife will go to those where, you know, happy hour for fourth grade dads. No, I'm not going. Right. You know, I'll do stuff with my son all day long, you know, but I'm not going to the the happy hour for fourth grade dads or or seventh grade or sixth grade girls or, you know, 10th grade girls. Just not going to happen. Well, you mentioned 10th grade girls. So my daughter's a ninth grader and I'm just seeing all that. And it's it really is overwhelming. And so someone else in your organization has a daughter around the same age. And the other day you mentioned that Rick's heart is softening. And I think a lot of people are skeptical about that. So he's got these young players. He's yeah. got to quote unquote, turn his team over to. And we all know Rick's didn't get where he was by just turning the keys right. over all the time. Well, he doesn't he's have a, many options. <laughs> right. Exactly. So let's talk about that. How different is Rick? How is he handling having young guys run this team? What What's going on there? Um, I mean, he's excited about it, you know, because he sees the future and he sees a, a path um, and he knows the talent we have. When I was at practice yesterday, I was like, what do you think? And he just gave me a big smile, you know, and for Rick, that that's, that's a big step forward. 
Um, it wasn't like, oh man, we've got this, we've got this, we got to deal with. I don't know how I'm going to do this, like we have had in past years. It was just a big smile. So I take that as a good sign. Wow. Okay. So uh, is so he's softening up a little bit, maybe. Um, I it's guess all it's relative. relative. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, your experience with him is going to be wildly different than mine. Well, yeah, and, and players too, right? Because you know, Rick Rick is the best in game X and O's coaches the coach there is. Yeah. Period. End of story. And players recognize and respect that. And so they're, you know, he his mind is playing that five-layer chess and trying to figure out what to do in-game. And I think that's that's what leads him to gear towards older players because he knows that when he says this is what needs to be done, that they can do it. But we took away a lot of those options, you know. And so now we've got a much younger team, but we've got we've got a good group of guys that have good basketball IQ. So – I don't think it's going to be a problem. You said something there, and I don't know how, you know, a lot of fans don't really pay attention to the below the surface stuff, but you guys have somebody on your staff that's incredibly important because Rick is the way he is. Uh-huh. I think Jamal Mosley's amazing. Yeah, Mosley's great. Yeah. Y'all almost lost him this summer, too. He got all, he got teams looking at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah he wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, but Moses really good. So tell right? our people, our, our fans listening, what he does for the team. So, and- so Moses' coach, I mean, he does the defense. Um, and he's, he's super sharp, and he's learned a lot from Rick. And but he also he's got a great relationship with the players. Yeah. And so he he's kind of the the opposite side of Rick. So where Rick is, Rick will sit down and have dinner with them and talk to the guys and be social. But Jamal will be hey, you know, and, and be a lot more forthcoming and just in terms of their personal lives and and able to to get to know the guys a little better because he's like forty years old. So it just relates mm-hmm. just on it. Rick isn't going to talk hip hop. You're right. Right. Rick is, Rick is, you know, and we also also have Shams, right? So, so Shams also the same way. He's really a lot more in tune to, to culture that, you know, a 20, 20 year old or 25 year old is going to connect to than, than probably Rick is. So we've asked you about this before. I'm always curious in, in our, you know, in our pretend land, we imagine, Hey, Mark Cuban goes and hangs out with Jerry Jones and they hang out what is your relationship like with Jerry? Do you guys ever ever spend time together or talk or visit a lot of time, but we'll talk every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, if something comes up, um, we'll, you know, we'll chit chat or if I see him at an event, we'll always talk and say hi. And, you know, I've, he's called me to offer support on different things and I've called him and, um, yeah, we've got a great relationship. I get along really well. And I talked to Charlotte, you know, she'll come to games and Steven will come to games. So I'll see him there. Um, but yeah, we get along great with the Cowboys. There's some pretty spectacular synergy that's evolved here with the local sports yeah, teams. Yeah, we all and get along well. You guys, with what you did for Romo, that was so was classy. Yeah, I get along to- with Tom from the Stars. Um, I haven't done a lot with Clark from the um, FC Dallas yet, but we all we all get along really well. So in your opinion, what makes Jerry Jones special? All he wants to do is win. That's it. That's all he cares about. You know, And Jerry's probably the best salesperson I've ever met. You know, I'm good. He's better. Hmm. Um because Jerry's relentless. That's you know he's always trying to sell, and you know he always wants to win, and it doesn't make it any easier to win. But that's where his heart is all the time. He he does a great job. I'm I'm a huge fan, and I look up to him. I don't know if you know this, but there's actually cowboy fans walking around that think Jerry doesn't care about winning. It's, oh no, it's that's crazy to hear. No, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that that's just patently ridiculous. Um, Jerry, I mean, you can see him at a game. Um, I have season tickets. You can see him at a game. Um, you can see him on TV and away games. He's like me, right? His heart, you know, may not jump around as much as I do or scream as much as I do, but his heart is there 100% of the time. And he's a businessman. I'm not trying to make him sound like Charlie Sheen, but making money is winning. 
I mean, I think a lot of people don't realize that. They're not that's, mutually exclusive. No. Right? And, and the NFL in particular, making more money gives you more opportunity. Yeah. And so, because you see a lot of teams that just won't spend the money to do what they need to do or don't know how to spend it. You know, it's not like there aren't teams that have just been in the cellar in the NFL for year after year after year, and that's just not the Cowboys. What do you make of the future of entertainment consumption in terms of like Netflix, YouTube, those direct TV? Streaming, bits or bits, right? I mean, when you watch regular TV now, it's now digital streaming. It's just streaming, but it's just preset channels on a linear basis. Um, And when you watch them on your phone or you get Netflix or whatever, you're just going to have more and more choices. The choices are just going to increase, not decrease. Um, And as we get more interactive and um, augmented reality and AI become more prevalent, it'll, it'll get even more interesting. Um, so it's all changing and that's a good thing. I read too much science fiction as a kid. I'm scared of the future. I'm scared of no, AI not. and all that stuff. I'm not at all. What You're about when robots take yeah. over? What are you going to do then, Mark? Yeah, They're Mark. taking over, Mark. 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 <laughs> I'll, you know, eat more, <laughs> play more basketball. <laughs> you don't, you don't think, uh, you don't think Cyberdyne is going to happen. We're eventually going to create a robot that ends up being the end of our humanity. No, I know because there's no motive. Robots aren't motivated. Robots Not yet. To, well, oh. no, because you have you have to they have to be sentient, sentient, where they have to have a conscience in order to be motivated. And you can program rob, robots to do things, but then they're just um, replicating what they're programmed to do. You know, so I don't expect that we're, they're going to have a conscience. Now, that doesn't mean that people can't program them to do some pretty nasty things with you know military applications. But yeah, I'm not worried about the robots taking over. Um, <laughs> You know, there's there's certain things that have to happen. First, the processing speed has to improve significantly. And as of now, anyways, there's only really four great processor semiconductor companies that can even begin to do those things 30 years from now. As of now, you have to have manual dexterity, right? So even there's a robot (laughs) hand that can do Rubik's Cube, right? If you guys saw that thing. Mm -hmm. But that's just decades away from being able to put it on a robot. And you have to have power. Right. And so um, solar power isn't near close enough, not efficient enough. Batteries can't carry enough weight. It can't be like, you know, something out of Gladiator. Then the Energizer Bunny walks out and, you know, plugs in more batteries. <laughs> and so there, there's just, a you know, not even decades, a century to go before we can even have that conversation. So shots fired at C-3PO. Yeah. That's what I took yeah, out right? of that. Do you believe in UFOs? Yeah. I just think mathematically the probability is that there's there's other things out there. That that exists. I just don't know who, what, or where. You haven't been invited to that club either. To, no, to and see I'm the... pissed off at that one too. <laughs> the guy from Blink 182 has got that on lock. You should hook up with him. What's that guy's name? Uh, Tom, Tom DeLong. DeLong. Yeah, yeah, Tom DeLong or DeDong. Okay, I got to ask you about nope. this before you go. Um, I, it seems like people who want new jerseys are never satisfied. I right? see this on social. <laughs> it's like I don't understand. Like you, that's could come like out, the biggest. Oh what is God. up with that? So, so forever in life. Right. Whenever somebody's creative, they always think they're the most creative and everybody else's creativity sucks. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, yeah, the Mavs put out jerseys and somebody intentionally designed them. So everybody would think they suck. <laughs> right. right? It, the people who designed them weren't creative. Right. So they designed them intentionally to be awful. No, it's ridiculous. The people who design our jerseys think our jerseys are great. Right. They show them to other people who think our jerseys are great. Right. And then on Twitter, People complain just because that's the fun thing to do on Twitter. The it's, loud minority. Yeah, the loud. It's not even a big minority. Yeah. You know, it's, oh, there's 30. Okay, so maybe I'm wrong. It's not 30. It's 300. Okay. The bottom line is if they sell, we'll know. Right. If they don't sell, 
We'll know. And you'll do something different. We'll do something different. Okay, 214-747-MAVS. Can people call and get tickets right now for tonight? Yeah, there's probably a couple left for tonight. There's definitely some um, tickets left for Sunday, and we'll always free some up right before the game, about an hour before, so if you want to walk up to the box office. Man, it's always huge when you come in studio. It's always a blast, guys. Let's always go. Season student. begins we tonight. Can't thank you enough. I want to join Illuminati. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, there he oh, goes. God. The owner of the Dallas Mavericks, the great Mark Cuban in studio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.